Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, August 22nd. We've got a great show for you coming up today. Joining me later on is Laura Fernandez, VP Head of Industry Travel and Tourism at SXM Media. Laura and I will dive into the state of business travel today and how it's rebounding and what's still slow to return in that aspect. But first, as we do for every show, in case this is your first time listening to the podcast, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with some air travel news as the transportation department is considering new rules to protect airline passengers. They're also looking to create a new website dashboard to tell you how much you're owed if your flight is delayed or canceled. United States Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg sent letters to CEOs of several top airlines in the country last week, urging them to do more to protect stranded and delayed passengers, saying the government is considering new rules that would expand the rights of airline passengers. Obviously, that's been kind of the storyline over the summer on all that stuff. So it's good to see some, you know, initiatives going forward and some action being put in as he sent the letters and is, is working hard things and then getting this website up. So the Department of Transportation is urging carriers to develop customer service plans to, quote, ensure that they guarantee adequate amenities and services to help passengers with expenses and inconveniences due to delays and cancellations, end quote. Several airlines in the U.S. do provide meals or hotel rooms to passengers impacted by delays and cancellations, but no law requires that courtesy of doing that. So Buttigieg says that the carriers should, quote, at minimum, uh, provide meal vouchers for delays of three hours or more and lodging accommodations for passengers who must wait overnight at, the, at an airport because of disruptions within the carrier's control, end quote. The letter revealed that the Department of Transportation has received an enormous number of complaints this year and the, quote, level of disruption this summer is unacceptable, end quote, they said. So data also showed that roughly 24% of the domestic flights operated by the U.S. airlines this year have been delayed. So getting to that website, that will debut, is well, scheduled to debut, we'll say that, on um, September 2nd. So we'll see if it actually happens that one uh, right before Labor Day weekend. So the government will debut this interactive dashboard for air travelers to compare services or amenities that each of the large U.S. airlines provide when the cause of a cancellation or delay was due to circumstances within the airline's control. So that is a key phrasing of there, within the airline's control. So that will be certainly intriguing to see how that is monitored and also just the look and feel of this website. I'm, I'm intrigued by it, you know. The Department of Transportation is also working on New rules requiring refunds for delayed baggage and prohibiting airlines from charging extra fees to sit families together. Buttigieg told airlines earlier this year to perform better and to set more realistic schedules. So the new website for the consumer will be great. Yes, launching it for Labor Day weekend. Very interesting decision, I will say. I wouldn't be surprised if this site crashes at some point on the first day as a flurry of people make a mad dash to see what it's all about. And, you know, fingers crossed that Labor Day travel is seamless and fine and everything. And we'll get to some data points on that a little bit later in and what's trending here as far as what the uh, forecast is projecting for Labor Day weekend travel. But, I, you know, I, I think it should be better, it, certainly better than times at the summer that we've seen. But, you know, don't don't be surprised, you know, fingers crossed that uh, for good weather as well, because it's not always the airline's fault. You know, it's the mother nature is a beast. She's she going to do what she's going to do. And you just have to roll with it sometimes. That is the unfortunate aspect of travel at times. But it's the world we live in. What are we going to do? Mother Nature is always going to do her thing, and we're just we're just living with it. You know, it's her world. We're living in it. <laughs> so, another airline news: airlines are cutting routes. So, to avoid the chaos that they experienced this summer, many airlines have opted to cut fall routes. Now, American Airlines recently announced it will cut thirty-one thousand flights in November alone. So, United, JetBlue, Delta—they've all made cuts as well to the fall flight schedule. 
you know, it sucks to sit here and talk about flights being cut, but I think these were all the right decisions by the airlines at the time that they're making this. I mean, if you have, say, like, you know, 15, 16 scheduled flights in a day of something realistically and realistically only nine or eight or nine of, is going to suffice and be fine for you, then, you know, make the moves, cut it back, do it now. Yeah, I'd, as we, this was mentioned last week's on, on last week's podcast too, Matthew Upchurch, CEO and chairman of Virtuoso saying, I'd much rather know about it in months in advance than, you know, I get to the airport and then only to find out that your flight is canceled. So that was an unfortunate incident that happened to one of our writers, Teresa. She got through the airport security and everything only to find out her flight was canceled. And it was a whole fiasco that she had to deal with. So it, it happens out there, even to people in the travel industry as well that are working in this. So it's, it's unfortunate. So, you know, they're, they're doing what they can to control the issues right now. If they're the airlines on, on that and cutting these, being proactive. So uh, we've got to pray that these airports get more staff too, because many times that the airlines will take the brunt of the anger from and the negativity from travelers out there. But when uh, the short-staffed airport is actually the, the reason that things took so long for you while you're doing that. So keep that in mind as you get mad at, you know, United, Delta, American, Southwest, Air Canada, and any of them out there that sometimes... It's not the airline, you know? So keep that in mind. Oh, moving over to destination news, the U.S. State Department provided its annual travel advisory update for Mexico. And according to the U.S. Ambassador to Mexico, the three Mexican states, Nayarit, Estado de Mexico, and Coahuila, have all upgraded their level in 2022 travel advisory thanks to improvements in security. So the State Department did also update several advisories around different Mexican states too due to crime and do not travel list for American citizens and several of the states on there. You can check out State Department's website or find it on travelpulse.com. There's several none of the popular tourist areas though are of concern. Those are they're fine. They're they're in the level twos, which is just standard across, you know, several other popular tourist destinations around the world. So nothing to worry about there. If you're headed to Cancun or Los Cabos, those destinations are safe. They're fine. Exercise normal precautions as you would do anywhere that you travel. In other destination news, we've got some places adjusting entry requirements and COVID protocols. Cayman Islands is lifting its remaining COVID-19 travel restrictions beginning August 24th. And Bermuda is easing its entry requirements starting today. Unvaccinated visitors are required to take a COVID test no more than two days before arriving in Bermuda and then retest four days later if you're staying that long. You can also opt to take a COVID test at the airport upon arrival. Travels will be required to uh, test again on day four. As I said, there's no quarantine or 10-day test, though, for Bermuda now. You still need travel insurance and to upload it to the Bermuda government website along with a travel authorization application for approval on that. So Chile is amending its entry requirements beginning September 1st. Travelers no longer are required to complete the country's travel affidavit form or get a mobility pass. Testing and vaccination requirements have also changed, so fully vaccinated travelers are, as defined by the country of Chile, no longer need to present a negative uh, COVID test upon entering the country, but they only need to show proof of their vaccination, and unvaccinated travelers can now enter, provided they show a negative result from a PCR test taken within 48 hours of departure to Chile. So that's on the updated protocol front, the big ones there from the last week. And also some big news out of Cancun earlier today is uh, government officials in Cancun announced that the destination has ended the need for arriving travelers to fill out custom forms, and they've now granted Americans a fast-track entry process. So if you've been to Cancun, chances are high you have seen people filling out those little forms in line because they didn't do it on the plane or they didn't have a pen or whatever. But uh, that has been creating delays, and in, so in an effort to streamline things, it's being removed. So I'll be in Cancun for the ALG Ascend Conference in October. I look forward to not having to fill out that paperwork. 
I will say, though, that those forms are probably some of the best, but also some of the worst handwriting I've ever had to do because those boxes are always so tiny. It was either really perfect and I nailed it, or I started off writing two big letters and then had to tiny squeeze everything in all at the end. So moving forward, the government will now issue travelers from the United States and other approved countries a stamp to hold on to instead of the previous required card that they would tear off. And then you have to bring that back, you know, when you fly back home and everything. So now you have a little stamp and you get that move forward. So uh, if you're going to Cancun pretty soon and you see that, you know, hit us up, podcast at travelpulse.com. Let me know how your experience was. In other destination news, Labor Day is coming up. So I know some people going to Cancun for Labor Day weekend already secured their flights and stuff. They're good because last minute prices are going to be nuts. I'll touch on that in a second. But a recent study from the Vacationers Labor Day 2022 travel survey suggests that over half of Americans will travel this upcoming Labor Day weekend. Majority of that being in the car, opting for road trip travel or day, tri- day trips or whatever in, in their, your state. So however, their data did suggest that more Americans will travel by plane for Labor Day than they did on the 4th of July or Memorial Day. So that is an intriguing stat there. We'll see what the numbers actually say on what the TSA, you know, screens over Labor Day weekend, because they did have a pretty solid July 4th holiday weekend. So that'll be interesting to compare. But what about you? Are you doing any Labor Day travel plans? You know, hit us up, let, it, let me know. I always love to find out where people are traveling and what they're doing. It's not entirely too late to book something and go for Labor Day weekend, but expect prices to be crazy high for flights. Uh, Just looked at flights just before recording here this afternoon uh, out of my hometown of Atlanta. So out of Atlanta to Cancun, that's going to run you a flight just for Labor Day weekend, Friday to Sunday, Friday to Monday. Yeah, Friday to Monday. I did the full weekend. Uh, That is going to run you $1,400 right now. It's almost $400 if you want to go to Orlando. Same with going to New York, it's almost like 600 or so, almost 700 to go to Los Angeles. So if you're looking to go to Europe out of Atlanta for that Labor Day weekend, that's going to cost you over 2000. So yeah, last minute Labor Day travel, your best bet is going to be to drive somewhere and stick it close by if you haven't made any plans yet. So get on that, book yourself a hotel room and get moving if you are trying to do something for Labor Day weekend, but maybe you just want to stay home and relax because it's been a wild ride of a summer. So you do you. But moving over into cruise news as we round out what's been trending in the last week. So I told you guys last week there were a lot of updates on the cruise front and their protocol changes and everything. And we saw as Carnival made their changes, they have now said that booking activity nearly doubled pre-pandemic levels after they announced the ease in COVID-19 testing requirements for passengers. They're also their stock shares rose 4% shortly after doing that. So I haven't checked what they're at now. But I mean, that's a nice little bump there that you saw. You know, and that's just a good indication that people are excited for cruising and things are looking better there. So this morning, Royal Caribbean issued a new updates to its protocols, too. And starting September 5th, the cruise line will welcome all guests, unvaccinated and vaccinated, to sail. So the new guidelines are unvaccinated guests can cruise with negative results from any commercially available test, including self-tests. So no testing is required for a vaccinated guest sailing on cruises that are nine nights or less. For all sailings, guests five years and old and guests five years old and younger have no vaccine or testing requirements. And on sailings of 10 plus nights, guests vaccinated or unvaccinated must provide a negative test within three days of their sailing date. So also, depending on where you go, you're going to run into different rules. So due to local regulations, sailings to or from Australia, Bermuda, Canada, or Singapore still require guests to be vaccinated. So that's the updates on the cruise front there. We did recently surveyed advisors on what's been booking for this late summer and the fall, what's hot right now. And clients are saying that their late and summer fall is 
really high into cruising. So a lot of advisors saying there's a lot of interest in the cruising and many expect it to continue to grow now with these relaxed rules. So we're working on that as well. And it'd be interesting to see what the numbers say, you know, from other cruise lines. Carnival already said that they they skyrocketed on that front. So being intriguing to see what Royal says and, all, you know, Norwegian, and all those good stuff. So the advisors also said that the best deals they're seeing on travel right now is from cruise promotion. So that was before they relaxed these rules. Now that these rules are relaxed, I think we'll see even better deals at the moment or will they subside? That should be interesting to see over just the next month or so. I don't think these special promos are going to hang around much longer. So get them while you can or wait until wave season comes in January, which, you know, should feel like a normal wave season for the cruise industry this year. And that's always a good time to book. There's always great deals around for that. So stay tuned for that if you're not able to book at this moment right now. And then always, always book with a travel advisor, especially for cruising. They're going to go to, they're the experts on that. You want to have an advisor in your corner. Well, that wraps up what has been trending in travel in the last week. Any additional thoughts, you can drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Now we're going to jump over to our interview segment of the show, focusing on this week's theme around business travel. And now joining me on the show is Laura Fernandez, VP Head of Industry Travel and Tourism at SXM Media. Welcome back to the show again, Laura. How you doing? Uh, always nice to be here. And I will tell you, you nailed SXM Media. It just flowed off the hey. tip of your tongue. It was very good. There we go. Good. Yeah. It's, it, it can, you know, sometimes letters can be tricky to, to pull forward, but it's, yeah. yeah, it blends seamlessly though. That's good. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, so how you... Yeah, go on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I jump right in, Eric. I jump right in. <laughs> no, it's all I was good. Say, uh, we're we're going to talk about business travel today, and you were just in my hometown of Las Vegas. I was, yes, there for last week for Virtuoso Travel Week. That was uh, the talking points of last week's show. If anyone missed last week's show, be sure to check it out, subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. But yes, it was a, it was intense. It was my first time there, so but it was great to see, you know, and, and network with a lot of people met some really cool people too. And uh, yeah, I got some great story ideas for the future. So that's always good to, to meet and network in the industry. And that's oh, yes. part of, of business travel there. So you, you have also been on a few business trips recently. So what's your I experience have. been like? Yeah, I, you know, I, I will say you, when you were in Las Vegas, that um, we're getting hit with monsoon season. So I don't know if you caught like the monsoons that were, no, I, I got in like right in like, I got in maybe a day and a half after the crazy rain, and then I okay. left just before rain was in the oh, forecast well, we again. It. So we got it again, and I was. It is the worst rain in Las Vegas in ten years. But I digress. I've yes, I am back, or I, I've been more or less. Twenty twenty was the year hiatus year, and I drove. I traveled in uh, Q1, um, but obviously Q2, Q3, Q4, there was no conferences. There was no business meetings in person. But once 2021 hit, uh, especially from the travel conference standpoint, they were back. Um, they were hybrid type settings. So out of all the different industry leads at SXM Media, I was definitely the one that was traveling the most. And I think that travel brands and and uh, whether it's U.S. Travel Association or Destinations International or Connect Travel, they all were like, we're going to support the travel industry. We're going to come back from a conference standpoint. We're going to keep everyone safe. And, and that's just continued on. I think 
I went to Puerto Rico for the U.S. Travel Summer Board Meeting, which was incredible. Um, it was Roger Dow's um, send off, obviously the president mm-hmm. of U.S. Travel Association. Puerto Rico was amazing. It was my first time to that destination. And I will tell you, I want to go back from a leisure travel standpoint. Yeah, I don't blame you. I've been there once just on a cruise thing, and I, I only had like not even the full 24 hours there. And I was oh. like, I, I I need more. I need more, you know? So yes. Puerto Rico is oh. definitely um, reviving. I met with their tourism uh, CEO too at Virtuoso and uh, Brad Dean, great guy. They're, yes. they're record setting oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, record setting stuff in Puerto Rico. So that's, yeah. And they're going to be uh, hosting Asta next year, speaking, you know, with business travel. Yes. So yeah, a lot going on in Puerto Rico. Check oh, it out. Hands down. And so it was my um, first time going to Puerto Rico. And this was for the U.S. Travel Association, their summer board meeting. And I just thought they did an incredible job with the, with the setup and the activities because last year we weren't a lot of it is just experiencing the destination so we got to go through the rainforest we um it does not sound like a business trip so any of my executives listening right now i worked very hard talking about like horseback rides to the rainforest and going to old san juan for like it's just i i was very impressed with that but going into from a business travel standpoint we, we do have our own research study um, that we use to gain insights across all our verticals, um, which I've spoken about before and share those insights. Uh, we did ask our audience um, in April of this year if they have plans to travel. And 90% of our audience said they are going to be traveling over the next year, which was really exciting because I know from an industry standpoint, leisure is the rebound. Business has been slow to come back. The majority, um, the top reason people are traveling right now is to not only um, visit their team uh, members and at our company, we have a lot of regional um, VPs, regional directors that have their teams across. So they're traveling to see their different team members. Um, Another reason to travel, which you and I are doing, is conferences. Um, what the slowest one to go back to, which I would say was 50% of my travel in 2019 was business meetings. Um, just going into an advertising agency or a travel partner and just having a meeting, that still hasn't happened, um, which I'm hopeful um, that is going to start coming coming back from a meeting standpoint. But conferences, uh, I feel like they're back in, in full force. I agree. Yeah, it was uh, last, I feel like last October, I got so many invites to different like meetings and events and stuff. So that side of the business travel yeah, has come roaring back. We, we saw it a little bit in 21 and, and 22. It's just, I feel like exploding so much. And even into 23, there are already places that if you're a business out there and you're trying to do a meeting or, or event or anything, you're, you're struggling to find some stuff where you maybe have gone before because things are booking up so fast, whether it's you know, big groups and weddings, you know, taking spots where uh, events uh, have had in the past and stuff. So it's it's nice that that is rolling back. We'd certainly need that in the industry. But yeah, like you said, the the, the one-to-one, the, the power lunches, the the quick meetings, yes. they're in for a day have kind of, yeah, are, are slower. I, I think, you know, uh, it was just at Virtuoso and they're saying globally, uh, um, the economy, the travel industry should fully recover globally by 2024. But you know, luxury side of things is, is obviously booming for that. But when you look at business side of things, it could be it, 2024 seems accurate. I think, 
you know, for leisure side of things, I think 2023 is going to exceed a lot of expectations, but business is going to continue to to slowly get there, especially those one-to-ones and the the, the short yeah. uh, meetings and stuff. Which That's is- where it's, it's going to be tricky because, you know, we had that, I mean, just from a business standpoint, is a lot of these brands, um, whether it's a tech company or any other industry, they saw the, the money that they were saving of not having people on the road. And so the CFO is probably, I mean, I remember at one conference, the biggest obstacle for the business travel sector is the CFO is because they saw all the cost saving that happened. But I go back and I will continue to say this is that being in person doesn't, I mean, you can't come close to the types of relationships you can build in person and being, having those meetings in real life definitely helps. Um, You know, from a business travel standpoint, I, I did, I did Puerto Rico, then I did Grand Rapids, Michigan for ESTO, which is another U.S. Travel Association event, and really well done. And it's, it's interesting of the, the regulations and everything that you needed to, the precautions that were needed to take place. You're still seeing the hand sanitizer everywhere, still feeling safe, um, but it definitely has you're not having to do this massive check-in you're it's a little bit more lax and i am very very hopeful that next year we are going to get back into more meetings and i mean i live in las vegas so we've been actually able to meet with a couple of our partners here um i'm noticing another reason that i am traveling for for meetings is also just to take, um, while the power lunch isn't happening, the dinners are happening. Uh, we're, we're doing um, some bigger dinners, some more entertainment, but a lot of these businesses aren't accepting people to have actually in person. And then you're talking about the remote workforce of you have two days, typically Tuesday, Wednesday to get in for a meeting. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people still have not gone back to the office full time. You said Tuesday, Wednesday. That's I know a lot of companies that are strictly like only Tuesday, Wednesday when you come in the office, which is you know, it, every business is doing things differently in that regard. But in terms of the travel aspect of it, yeah, I think it'll still be slow here in 2022. But 23, I think some of those meetings could start to come oh. back. And then when we get into 24, I think we could see that things are going to get back to normal. Obviously, there's going to be a little, you know, a bit of a new normal for I know a lot of people hate that phrase, but it, it's the yeah. reality of it. Because the, like you said, the CFOs out there, they see the cost savings of it. So they're, they, they're going to have to pick and choose what's going to be the most important aspect of the business travel plan. And maybe, you know, if you are a business traveler out there, or even if you, to my regular travel advisor listeners out there, and you, you travel for business, you know, to an event and stuff, maybe work in some of that workcation, that leisure travel aspect of it with leisure. mixing business and, and leisure travel. So it's growing in popularity. We've seen it a lot. It was growing in popularity even before the pandemic. And I think oh, it's totally. going to even get bigger on that. So have you ever done a, a leisure trip at all? I So I... I have extended through the years um, a couple of trips. It's typically pre. I will tell you any conference that I have, if I can get in a day early and get my bearings and get to explore the city or the destination on just my terms, I do like to do the day before. And it's nice because I, I will say a lot of these conferences I attend or on the weekends. And while some people are like, ah, like taking away your weekend to do a conference, I dig it. 
because I don't have um, everyone emailing me, calling me while I'm there because it's the weekend. And then I also get into uh, a little bit early and you get to explore the destination on the weekend. So I do. I love that piece. I don't do post. Um, I do. I never extend. I like to get there early, explore the destination. And then as soon as the conference um, or meetings are over, that I'm out. I like that approach. I think that's the the smart way to do it, the best way to do it because I feel like you can get lost in the destination a bit more than if you do post. Whereas you know you just had a lot of business yeah, meetings, a lot of networking, tired. a lot of stuff. Yeah, you're obviously going to be tired. So you know, some people, if it's maybe maybe if it's in Puerto Rico, you might, or if it's in you know a beach destination, uh-huh. maybe you'd think about posting that and you could relax and unwind. But at the same time how much relaxing and unwinding you're going to be doing because you just had all these great meetings and that's all going to be top of mind and you're going to want to, you know, reach back out in emails and set things up. So yeah, the pre, the pre bleasure aspect, I think is the way to do I don't know what that term would be, but the pre bleasure, the pre bleasure (laughs) is, is all about where I'm at. And it is, it's interesting right before um, we had so many brands that wanted to target leisure travelers. And we actually created our own on Pandora own audience uh, segment called leisure travelers that we use a couple of different data sources to build out because brands were coming in they're like we want to target leisure travelers i'm like okay targeting <laughs> let's do it make it happen yeah so when yeah. it comes to to business travel and you've been on a, a recent trips this year and you can pull from experiences in the past what are some of the like uh, biggest do's and don'ts or any any changes you would like to see about uh, the business travel scene i um i will tell you i am a first flight of the day. Um, every time I am traveling, it is first flight of the day. And because what I've noticed just with the airline industry, it's, you know, the first flight is the best way to get out because typically the plane is there from the night before. And um, I also, I've noticed, um, so a couple of my direct flights from Las Vegas, we haven't had some like Puerto Rico, not a direct flight, Grand Rapids, not a direct flight. I'm very mindful of at least having an hour and a half between uh, between the trips. Connections, yeah. That, that's like key. I know these are probably all standard things, but that is so important to me. And just also, I know this is very standard, but I I think with business travel, people can get caught up into the amazing restaurants you're going to, or just like eating on the road, or if you're doing all that, I try to keep my routine as close to possible as what I'm doing at home. Again, very basic, but getting that first flight out of the day and keeping up with my routine on the road. I'm, I travel also with my sound machine. I will tell you, I need my sleep. I have my little dome uh, sound machine. It is worth it. I pack that versus another pair of shoes. And another thing, carry on all day long. Carry on. Um, I was mortified at my husband. So my husband is... Um, does radio and TV in Las Vegas. And he's not really, he's not a business traveler. He's, I am the definitely the one that's on the road all the time. He's actually traveled from Vegas to Chicago for like this morning show convention, radio morning show convention. And he sent me a picture and he was flying Southwest Airlines. And he sent me a picture to show that he was a five. Well, that picture was not a screenshot of the the mobile app. 
It was a, a picture of an actual printed boarding pass. Paper ticket. And I <laughs> And I, I will tell you're laughing. I about died. I showed it to any of my friends that are in travel. I go, my husband, like he printed out his boarding pass mortified. So I also make the strong recommendation that um, you also download the airline app. Absolutely. Yes. Get that screenshot your, your, your boarding pass as soon as you get it. So you have a backup all essential yes. stuff. I think that's all great advice too, especially the, the first flight out in today's landscape of things. And absolutely team carry on only uh, always. Yeah. It's, yes. Through <laughs> always. and through. So, and also, yeah. Uh, business cards wise too. always pack more business cards than you think you'll need uh, because you never know. So always have them on handy. That's, that's, yep. uh, Oh, that's a tip. great tip. Great tip. Yeah. So business travel, it's, it's bouncing back. We're, we're loving what we're seeing here. So what is your next trip coming up for you? Next trip. Okay. Get ready for this. Um, okay. I, I'm going to tell you my next two trips. All right. My um, next trip is in September. It's uh, LA for um, actually a meeting. It's in, we're going to have uh, the, one of our partners come into our uh, Santa Monica office for a meeting. And then we're going to take them out to um, take them out to dinner. Um, but my next trip after that is Milan. I am going to IGLTA and um, for uh, another travel conference, LGBTQ plus travel conference, um, IGLTA. I'm so amped. Last year it was in Atlanta. And last year when they said, okay, well, Laura, it's going to be in a different location this year, uh, next year. And I go, where? They're at Milan. I go, I'm in. (laughs) I am in. So there's LA and then Milan. There you go. You're getting out early to, to get a little leisure into Milan or is it too dicey with I, the schedule? I am. I am. I'm going to get out go. a day early and I will get to experience Milan. <laughs> awesome. That's going to be really exciting. My next trips are Los Cabos for the future leaders in travel retreat Ooh. coming up at the end of this month. Yeah, I'm very excited. So the last time I went to Los Cabos was for a hotel opening and we were on just property the whole time and never really got to see much of a Los Cabos. So this time okay. it'll be there a little bit longer and exploring the actual destination. So really excited about that and networking, connecting with fellow industry people of my age too, which is always yes. good. Shout out to the millennials out there. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I'm after that- I'm still there, I'm still there. <laughs> yeah, right on, fellow millennial, yes. So uh, after that, I've got the ALG conference in Cancun. So Mexico is my next my next setups here. So oh, looking forward to amazing. it. amazing. Yeah. And you're gonna have, it's gonna be the perfect time of year. Yes, but I still need to bring sunscreen because I'm super pale. So I'm oh, sunscreen yeah. all the time because <laughs> yeah, I don't tan. It. I don't tan. I just burn. And I'm, I get so like all my siblings were super pale like me, but they actually tan. I don't know what happened yeah. in the mix. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. It is what it is. So, well, that wraps up what we've got here. Thank you again, Laura. Where can people get more information about SXM Media? In all your, I, you can reach out to me, uh, Laura Fernandez. Find me on LinkedIn. Again, I head up the travel tourism vertical, and you can check out sxmmedia.com for anything uh, from a marketing and advertising standpoint. Thank you so much, Laura. Always a great time. That wraps up our show this week. Thank you for listening, folks. Have a great week. 